Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Direct Xbox number nine. It's the it's the Thanksgiving show, I guess. In a few days, we'll have Thanksgiving happening and then a mad race to the stores, or I just I guess just going online to buy a bunch of stuff at like 30% off. But we do have actually quite a bit to talk about tonight. And for that, I wanted to bring in the usual, that being Nate. Nate, how are we doing tonight? I am doing well. I am enjoying my first glass of eggnog of the season. What kind of what what, what brand you got? Is it local or is it like one you got at the store? It's a local dairy. Okay. Okay. Good. 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 Usually got to get it, and they have it like the one I I, I usually get because I get at least one a week, one a a year during like the winter. Is uh, there's like a local place they have it in glass like big glass liter bottles and everything. Yeah, this place does the. You can buy them in like a quart or a half gallon. Mm -hmm. So I usually get a quart, maybe every, maybe every two weeks or so. It's the good stuff. It is. Okay. Okay. You bet you used, have nutmeg in it too. I do have a dash of nutmeg. Good. That's, that's how you're supposed to do it. No cinnamon stick. No cinnamon stick for this one. Maybe okay. a little later, maybe in December. You, uh, you, 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 you spike it a little bit of rum too. Sometimes I will add just a <laughs> just a dash of brandy. Okay. Okay. Brand okay. Good. Good. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, let's see. Today on this episode of Direct Xbox, we have the game of the year. Controversy hitting. We got the Xbox tax. I've looked into this a bit more since the last spawn cast, so I'm I'm prepared to discuss that. Uh, I figure we'd also talk a little bit about the game awards with what Microsoft could be doing for an announcement since there have been talks that they will be there in some capacity. And I don't know what's going on right now. This is this has been breaking while we've been kind of leading up to this show. But Microsoft and OpenAI, it is a, a circus out there right now. So we can we can talk a little bit about that because Microsoft is already looking pretty serious about AI, even with game development. And then you potentially onboard a ton of talent from OpenAI, and that could accelerate things very quickly. GTA 6 is inbound, at least the trailer is. Suicide Squad got another showing, and uh, we can talk a little bit about what our move is for Black Friday, Cyber Monday, or just Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving weekend in general. First, though, I do want to give a shout out to our executive producers over on the Spawncast Network. That's spawncastnetwork.com. Get early access to all these different podcasts. We do uh, Patreon-exclusive shows with, uh, with the bonus shows for these different episodes, as well as just the Spawncast in general, where we answer your questions. And the executive producers I want to recognize today, we have Achievement. We have John O., Joshua Butts, Mr. Job, William Hogue, and we also have just a producer I, I want to point out here, Trent A. So shout out to Trent A for actually joining joining up just two days ago. So big shout out there. And I do also want to give a shout out to our sponsor. This is from the Game Orb. We actually sponsored the, the Spawncast over on the sponsorship tier. And in this case, they have a channel on YouTube and they also have a page on Twitch where they do a lot of game streaming. On YouTube, I noticed they do a lot of the, the convention walkarounds, whether it's Nintendo Live, uh, Comic-Cons, and then they also do a lot of gameplay, which is something Nate used to do over here and just, I don't know, direct feed games went missing in action. So Game Orb had to come in and pick up the slack for Nate. What do you have to say for yourself, Nate? 
I made a pivot to podcasting with Nathan. Doesn't Nate, matter because and... the game orb is here. So check out their channel. We have it linked down below in the description where you can see all kinds of cool content with gameplay and exploring different conventions from the comfort of your own home. That's the game orb. Shout out to them for sponsoring the Spawncast Network. So I do have to confront Nate about something here because he this is his fault, by the way. I think everyone recognizes this uh, as we are going to be talking about the the game awards. He kicked out Starfield immediately from the game of the year madness. I did not kick Starfield out. I nominated F099. It happened to be placed in the bracket against Starfield and your community, a community that is the majority based on Nintendo fans, voted for F0 and kicked Starfield out. I had no part of it. That's it. It said most a lot of the votes, more the majority of the votes were from recommendations on YouTube that were not subscribed. Well, that is still not my fault. I, I not feel like influenced Nate, the Nate vote ruined in any it. Way. He got Starfield kicked out in the wild card round by F099, a modification of a game. It is not a modification. <laughs> it is a brand new game. And you cannot argue with facts. Well, we'll see how it does against uh, Cassette Beast. <laughs> it's going to win. F-099 just keeps racing to victory. The F-0 fans trying to make a statement. I respect it. I respect it. Nintendo, mm -hmm. all eyes are on the Game of the Year Madness. Nintendo, everything hinges. If you want a F-0 sequel, everything hinges on this. <laughs> but Starfield was was booted immediately, and it's not even just that. It's uh, It was also... I mean, I guess it depends on how you want to look at this as we have the game of the year nominations revealed also snubbed from the game of the year conversation. That's that's what at least what's going around right now online as the six nominees, Alan Wake 2, Baldur's Gate 3, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Resident Evil 4, Super Mario Brothers Wonder and The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. No Starfield. There were there were talks that maybe Starfield would get in as. I don't know, just like a. I don't say like a pity nomination, but I like representing Microsoft almost, but no dice re four. I, I feel like that's the slot that people are looking at the most because it's a remake of a game, but we mm -hmm. we've been here before resident evil Two remake that was nominated as well. Yeah. I mean, of those six games, I would say resident evil four is the one that stands out as one of those titles that easily could have been slotted in for something else. And a lot of the conversation does go back to whether or not Starfield was snubbed. And I think there's a greater case and an argument to make that Hi-Fi Rush is the Xbox exclusive that got snubbed in 2023. Hi-Fi Rush. You can make that case, I think. Yeah, I mean, really, out of the two, Hi-Fi Rush was rated higher. And like I feel like that that's mm -hmm. actually got a good chance in the Game of the Year Madness bracket, as opposed to Starfield. I, I got to be honest, I read some of the comments for Starfield, and it seemed like people were just voting against Starfield, not even for F-Zero. So there is this, I don't know, some people just don't don't like Starfield. I don't know what it is about this game that people are like don't like. I don't know. Yeah, it's still a very diverse game in terms of reception, where there is a very vocal base who just has a lot of disdain for starfield whereas if you look at something like hi-fi rush i would say the general consensus is quite positive mm -hmm. and hi-fi rush was a very inventive creative game lots of you know nostalgic tones to it dating back to the dreamcast playstation 2 era of game design so i kind of surprised that 
wasn't a Game of the Year nominee for the Game Awards because it seemed as though it really resonated with the, what the jury would be looking for in a new release, especially in 2023. But I think that is just kind of a testament to the quality of games that had released this year, that if something like Hi-Fi Rush is omitted from that final six, you really have to look at the titles that are there and they all earned it. They're all there on their own merit. That if something like Hi-Fi Rush can't get the nomination, it just means we had a fantastic year of high quality games. And when you look at those six games, it certainly represents that. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I had to take one of these off to replace, say, with a Hi-Fi Rush, what it would be. It's tough. It's really tough. Because I feel like I would... Resident Evil 4 is a very good game, but Alan Wake 2 is super inventive on its own. So I, this it's tough. It's a very tough year. Mm-hmm. I, I saw some people also say that they would take Mario Wonder off because they didn't feel like it did enough to be a game of the year contender necessarily. Like, it's still 2D Mario. Mm. The game is like super high quality though, and it does some weird stuff with that 2D Mario formula. So I, I would I would leave that too. I don't know. I'm not really sure. I guess if I had to pull one off of here, I don't know. Maybe it, for me, it probably would be Alan Wake too, but that resonates heavily with the kind of people who vote for like behind the scenes, like the the judges. Mm-hmm. I feel like re- those remedy games just just really hit for them. Yeah, I mean, Alan Wake 2 is definitely in my top five of 2023. I think if I had to remove a game, it would be Resident Evil 4. Mm. And it's not due to the game's quality or anything like that. It is a fantastic game, but it's still largely Resident Evil 4, the game we played 20 years ago back on the GameCube. We played again on the PS2, we played it on the Wii, we then played it on the PS3, 360. And that game remains fantastic. I think I would rather substitute Resident Evil 4 in for something that was truly creative, truly inventive, took risk. And that's where I think Hi-Fi Rush easily could have taken that spot. But you wouldn't put, if you took one off and there was a spot open, you wouldn't put Starfield there. You'd put, you'd put Hi-Fi Rush there. Yes. Wow. Okay. Interesting. All right. That that was, that was Mm -hmm. something I was curious about for people is, okay, let's say there's a spot open now to Starfield go in there. Cause I feel like Starfield is still like two picks down like, I feel like if we're looking at six games here currently, I feel like Starfield's still like number nine or something like that. Yeah, I'd so. say Starfield is in like that top 10 of 2023 yeah. list. It's just not in that top six or top five. And when you look at Xbox exclusives in 2023, I think Hi-Fi Rush is the superior title. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Like, I, I even still think Final Fantasy 16 would be above Starfield if, like, we started just pulling s- these games down and, like, our place with one. I feel like there's a couple in line in front of Starfield even so. So I can't really say it was snubbed necessarily just because I I don't think it missed by one spot or something like that. Yeah, that's the main thing. I don't think it was snubbed because it didn't miss by one spot. Hi-Fi Rush is the better Xbox game. That deserved a spot over Starfield. And I think it largely just comes down to Starfield was that major AAA, heavily hyped, huge marketing push behind it, whereas Hi-Fi Rush was a shadow drop. You really didn't know about the game until it was announced. It was available that night. And, you know, there's no retail release of the game. It kind of came and went. We did get an update over the summer where they added a new mode, but it just didn't have that buzz and push behind it that Starfield has had. So maybe Microsoft is a little to blame there. Maybe they didn't send out like, you know, those presser influencer kits to the jury saying, hey, when it comes time for voting, we'd love your consideration for Hi-Fi Rush. 
Instead, maybe they pushed Starfield there, and that could have been a mistake. Well, we have our six, and we did at least get Starfield, I believe, in uh, RPG of the year. So it's it's at least up for an award. Uh, there's that. You know, we'll, we'll see if it can maybe bring that one home. But the, this brought up the conversation, Nate, of the Xbox tax. This trended on Twitter more than I thought it would. I, I don't know who made this up, like the phrasing for it. I don't know if this is like like media bias. I've seen that come up a lot too, just for years now. Xbox tax, I believe, is the idea that Microsoft ne- needs to always do just a little bit more to get into a game of the year conversation uh, if it's a game that's like directly related to Microsoft or Xbox Studios. Whether it is a Starfield, mm-hmm. it would have to do just a little bit more than if it was off on its own and it was a multi-platform game or something like that. I mean, I get the idea behind it, and I wouldn't say it's without merit, because when you go back to a Hi-Fi Rush review, I believe it was Metro, they claim in their review they would love to give the game a higher score, but they couldn't because it's on the Xbox. Yeah, that, that That's a weird thing to say. <laughs> yes, it really didn't make any sense even back then, and you definitely, now you put out the idea that you have a lot of outlets that are against the Xbox, And to be clear, you will have outlets out there who do have a bias against Xbox, Sony, Nintendo, but you'll also have outlets who are positive for Xbox, Sony, or Nintendo. Ideally, this does bring some sort of balance, but that's not always the case. And due to the Xbox and Microsoft being in last place in terms of the three consoles, you generally do have to work harder to get recognition that the other two platforms would receive. And some of the positivity bias you'll see, let's say Nintendo, for example, if it's a Nintendo or a Mario game, they do tend to review slightly higher than maybe they should. And that would also extend to Sony and select cases, be it God of War, Horizon, whatever franchise you select. But it also extends to Microsoft, where maybe a Gears of War game would review slightly higher than it would under other circumstances. But when you look at the Xbox rollout this generation, they really haven't had a significant AAA in-house title release over the last three years. We've had Halo Infinite, Starfield, Hi-Fi Rush, Pentiment, and like yeah. what else of note? I but mean, they, aside they, from they the Forza like Horizon, Horizon games, Horizon really well, right? Yeah, that, that's yeah, and that reviewed well. well. I mean, even during the Wii U, though, like we had what bayonetta 2 i mean the wii u sold terribly mm-hmm. that was easily last place in the con out of the consoles and i think bayonetta 2 was nominated for game of the year one at one point yes it did get nominated but look at the type of game bayonetta 2 was it really refined the genre that it was representing and it took a lot to get that recognition it had to really just transcend its genre type would you say starfield completely revolutionized and changed the western rpg no, that's no, that, that's what I mean, though. I, I feel like we need like Microsoft needs to produce that game that makes everyone kind of rethink that genre or just be a super high quality game to, to get to that point. Like Starfield had a lot of shortcomings, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's the biggest issue with it is it was it's it's a compelling game, especially with the new game plus stuff that they baked into it. 
but the rest of the game around it, whether it's the load screens or the game feeling like it's a fast travel, <laughs> like it's just a bunch of fast traveling and those sorts of things didn't like, I thought they were going to go when they really first started talking about it, what we were envisioning kind of like what no man's sky should have been. And it just never reached those, those peaks. It was, it still felt like an older game necessarily from Bethesda with them going to space. So I, it just, it didn't go over the top, I think for a lot of people. And that's sort of why I, I think anyway, it didn't get pushed up to game of the year or even get the reviews that maybe people thought it would have gotten. Yeah. And when you look at a lot of the online discourse around Starfield, you will find people saying, I'm enjoying what I'm playing, but I feel as though I'm playing the game wrong. And that is being a detriment to my enjoyment of the title right now. And people will chime in saying, don't worry about doing this quest or following this, you know, this specific storyline. Just go about the game how you want to. And then people begin to find a little more entertainment and enjoyment from the game because they become bogged down with a lot of the in-game systems. And they're wondering, am I doing this right? Am I progressing right? Or should I just give up all that and play the game how I see fit? And once people do explore the game how they want to, they're finding additional entertainment. They're not too worried about crafting the ship in a certain vision or they're putting beacons on planets to get resources and such. Once they just go on missions, explore space, find the abandoned space stations and things, they're finding enjoyment, but the game really doesn't guide you in that direction. And as you were mentioning, there's a lot of disjointed sequences. There's a lot of load screens. It's not a seamless experience. So that's kind of a tough thing to say to people that, oh yeah, this is this revolutionary RPG when it does feel dated in so many ways, but it's still quality in what it was able to deliver. It just feels as though maybe the game was more ambitious than what current technology could really deliver upon it, where maybe if we had more powerful systems, we could have had that seamless space exploration game, but we're just not there yet. So we got this disjointed, still high quality release just didn't deliver on the promise that many people had for it. Hey, next up's Elder Scrolls six. Maybe that'll, maybe that'll do it to me that that's going to feel like their next evolution from Skyrim is going to be that, but mm -hmm. probably the cap, the generation, I guess at this point for that one, 2028. So it's going to, yeah. it'll be a little while there, a little bit, but yeah, well, the, the Xbox tax, though, uh, not really. I'm not I'm not buying into that. However, I am curious to see how Hellblade 2 goes, because I think that is a game that mm -hmm. maybe could be genre defining based on some of the stuff we've seen with uh, Ninja Theory getting that backing and and the time, the time that they would need. Mm -hmm. I mean, they've been working on it for a while now. So maybe maybe that's the game we should look towards as maybe Microsoft's best shot in the coming year or two, I'll say, for a game of the year nominee. Yeah, I mean, going into 2024, just based on what we know Microsoft is going to be bringing, I think Microsoft is going to position themselves quite strongly when it comes time for the Game Awards and Game of the Year nominees. We know Hellblade 2 is coming. We know Avowed is coming. And based on some of the things I was hearing last year, Hellblade 2 has an internal Metacritic's target of 90+. Plus. And if they, if they are able to achieve that... That would be the first non-Forza, non-Forza Horizon game since Gears of War 3 to score 90 plus. On it's really been that long for Microsoft? Yes. Wow. Jeez. Yes. And then that goes back to the point of, you know, the Xbox tax and such. 
Microsoft's internal studios haven't produced a game with a 90 plus since Gears of War 3. That's a decade ago. It doesn't mean there's not quality games since then, you know, scoring in the mid to high 80s, but we haven't had that 90 plus in quite some time. And even Avowed, I believe they were internally targeting something in the 85 to the high 80 range. If both of those games can deliver and hit those internal targets, both of them could easily find themselves in the game of the year conversation next year. And then I'm going to wonder, are people going to pivot away from this Xbox tax if suddenly Xbox and Microsoft have two or three games nominated next year in game of the year? Is it just going to be, oh, the media and the jury are trying to make up for making a mistake last year at Starfield. <laughs> they so They're paying back the tax. They're getting the refund. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're giving a tax refund on omitting Starfield. Is that going to be next year's controversy and outrage? Yeah, what if the coalition shows up in 2025 with something crazy and, and that, that knocks it out of the park? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden they go on a run of big-time releases. Maybe... Maybe they do just they say that that was just a, a period in time, this Xbox tax thing. I don't know. There's there's too many ways where people might have to backpedal if Microsoft starts churning out games like they're anticipating to one big mm -hmm. one per quarter, you know, in the next uh, year or so. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that in these opening three years, Microsoft just hasn't had that game yet. But we know there's the potential for those games to come. 2024 should really be the start of it. We know Perfect Dark is coming. We know a Gears of War 6 will come. If Hellblade 2 and Avowed, and then we have the Clock Tower game from In Exile, we've seen a lot of quality from these studios just from Microsoft's presentations in the last year. If these games deliver on their promise, if they review well, I would say the majority of these games do have that possibility of being game of the year contenders in their respective year. It's just a matter of getting to that year when they release and seeing in the state in which they release in and how they're received from critics. But based on what we've seen from Fable, I wouldn't be surprised if that's a game of the year contender when it drops in 2025, 2026. Well, a lot to look forward to for Microsoft. They just have to get there. But I'm, I'm thinking 2024. I mean, 2023 was pretty good for Microsoft. If you really look back at the games releasing, we just mentioned Hi-Fi Rush Starfield, uh, Forza. And I, I think uh, I think going to 2024, especially if Hellblade 2 is mm -hmm. ready to go, which if it has that kind of internal target, I'm, I'm expecting to see something pretty impressive. Yeah. So, and like, I'd hate to do revisionist history and like, what about and stuff or what if, but if we go back to 2021, do you think death loop would have got game of the year nominee? Had it been an Xbox exclusive release? Would it got, uh, hmm. cause it should have, it should, I feel if like we want I feel like it should just because I think that's another game. So yeah, I, th I think that would have been nominated. Yeah, because I mean, that would be the thing. If a game like Deathloop still gets nominated as an Xbox exclusive back then, then I would say the Xbox tax is really just a moot point of people trying to justify why Starfield didn't get recognition when maybe their focus should have been more on Hi-Fi Rush not getting recognition in 2023. I mean, didn't Psycho Psychonauts 2 get nominated? Yeah, but Psychonauts 2 falls under that gray area where microsoft really didn't have any involvement in the, the, hey, the they direct said development that, of it 
Well, they said themselves that if Microsoft didn't come in and fund them, that they wouldn't have released the game the way they did. It would have been cut back in a bunch of areas. The quality wouldn't have been as high, which to me then says it probably would have yeah. lower and it probably would not have been game of the year contender. But it still falls like kind of in that weird gray area. I'm still upset that last year that Pentiment didn't get any attention. This is not, no one really played it. Including you. I no, I, I why, what why would I play it? <laughs> because it's a fantastic game from Obsidian and Josh Sawyer. Is it? Is it? Yes. I'll check out their next game. Avowed. Sure, there it is. I'll I'll check out Avowed. It looked it looked all right <sighs> in the in the trailer that they show with a little bit of gameplay. Hey, if that's next year, I'm I'm here for it. I'll I'll check it out. Poor Pentiment. Still can't get love a year later. I do want to I do want to talk about again the AI thing that's going on right now because Microsoft partnered with the they partnered with a company for AI when it comes to development tools specifically around NPC and open world stuff and that that started to get people I I saw a lot of the the back and forth online around this and I think it's just AI in general gets a lot of uh, a lot of pushback and conversation because it, it could get to a point where AI is doing everything and there's no developers at all. This is in-world, in-world AI. That's the partnership they uh, they formed. And it's mostly, they say, co-pilot that it assists and empowers game designers to explore more creative ideas, turning prompts into detailed scripts, dialogue trees, quests, and more. And they detail all kinds of stuff with NPCs and dialogue branching and, and them trying to sound a bit more natural and not just like they are paper cut out lines that they just randomly pick from a dice roll happens in the background. We're just going to plug this one in. But then last couple of days, this is, this was very odd. Open AI, the board fired their CEO, Sam Altman. And then they wanted to bring him back. And then Microsoft came in and was looking to hire Sam Altman as a CEO within the company for a new division. That would be all about research and development around AI, which Microsoft has dumped billions of dollars into open AI at this time. They are very, very invested in AI. Like they figured that who I, I mean, I also kind of think too, whoever creates the de facto AI would become like how Google is now where they are like the de facto search engine, the de facto point of information. It feels like online. If you develop the AI that everyone uses, you basically rule the internet is maybe the world. So Microsoft big push on that. And apparently now Sam Altman's also was thinking about going back to open AI because the board might resign and it is a messy situation. It's like a circus going on over there, but it really emphasizes and hones in on the idea of how important AI is to Microsoft, like this whole artificial intelligent race. And it seems like it's going to be a big factor for them in game development, just based on what we are seeing with some of these partnerships and what we know AI could potentially do in that field. Mm -hmm. Yeah. AI is going to be a hot topic and a very controversial topic when it comes to game development for years to come. And I'd say both sides have valid concerns and valid points. And right now I remain in that. I want to be very optimistic about what AI can do. If AI is strictly used as a complementary role, where it can aid in debugging, it can aid in some minor asset creation where the artist is still going to verify the work produced by the AI and say, okay, well, I need to refine this further, but they took my concept, 
it recreated it. Now I'm going to refine it so it can be used in game. If it's strictly used as complementary to the development team, the programmers, the artists, then AI can aid in development. It can make things easier for that human worker where they're not going to be stressed and bogged down by some of the tedious tasks. But then on the flip side, there is that concern that when you have a corporation involved, a you know CEO's board members who are only concerned about profits and revenue, at what point are they going to use it for greed and fire the human factor and have AI create and write as much as they possibly can to minimize cost? And that is a valid concern, but I don't know if we should focus purely on that negative aspect and completely ignore the benefits that AI can bring the industry. Yeah, because if, if it gets that good, then most indie develop studio indie developer studios could probably make their own triple a games then too uh, we're talking about ai that's so advanced that you don't need developers apparently that that's a world where then can just anyone make a big triple a game at that point if you can just employ ai to do it but you'd still need that human factor of someone being able to verify look at what the ai created sign off right. on it test it and say okay this is quality so you're never going to get into like the Terminator world of game development where you just have a singular machine run by, you know, Hal over there and it's just going to be mm -hmm. boom, here's a full on game. You still need that human element to be there. And ideally, it is just complementary. You still have all the human developers there and it's just to aid me, assist me in my work and the AI can take on the tedious task of NPC modeling where they can come up with the routes that an NPC will take while they're walking around the world, come up with the dialogue tree so you don't have a writer writing in hundreds of options ranging from, how are you doing today? Oh, is that a rat? Oh, that's a cat? Wow, a mouse is over there. Have the AI generate something. Maybe the AI can generate something that's a little more inventive and creative than the human writer who's going to be bogged down and sitting there and just churning out the same type of And then you dialogue. like go through and pick out the lines and everything mm -hmm. from there. Um, yeah, because yeah. like I'm sure that hits ad nauseum for them at some point. If you can have an AI assist in that and allow that writer to focus on more creative, let's say side storylines, wouldn't you as the publisher and development team want that? Have your creatives be able to go back to being just that creatives and have the AI handle all that tedious menial tasks instead of bogging down your human workers with them. You know, what's interesting, Nate, about this is uh, Strauss Zelnick had an interview and it was about GTA six, which we'll get to here soon. But Strauss Zelnick mentioned take to CEO or boss about AI and having the need to develop their own AI. And that's kind of what he's implying is that these big studios, these big publishers, like your EA take to Ubisoft could get to the point where they make a game engine, but then they also alongside of it, develop their own internal AI like that. That's part of the game engine almost. And that's sort of what he was going over. It's like, yeah, eventually we may have to get to a point where we develop our own AI. That's, proprietary and specific away from other ones. So we might just have all these different AIs running all over the place at this time in gaming. And that could be a whole other factor to this, but he did mention it's not necessarily going to be cheaper to make or to make games with AI because the upkeep and the development around artificial intelligence is incredibly expensive as well, which does make me wonder if that would create a bunch of jobs 
than bringing AI into gaming. If all these studios are going to be developing their own AI to help design and hold up some of these open world games. Yeah, it would create a new industry of jobs, but it's still going to be a very specific employment force that you'd be hiring in that case. And if you're the artist or the community manager who's losing a job to an AI, you're going to say, well, you creating jobs in that specific field does me no good. That's not where my expertise lies. So I'm losing my job so you can hire someone else to maintain that AI. And that's where I think the AI conversation for years to come is going to be a very hot topic. And right now, I wouldn't say there's anyone who's well-equipped with information or the education to really chime in on how AI can benefit or be detrimental to the industry, because it's still in the infancy. We really don't know how these companies are going to implement AI into their business structure moving forward. It could be negative. It could be positive. Right now, we have to see how it's going to be used. There's a few examples out there from, I believe, a few indie studios and even mid-tier studios where they have used AI to generate voiceovers and some music. And until they had kind of shared that information and disclosed it, nobody in the general populace was aware of it. And that's either a credit to how well the AI was able to deliver uh, or how little attention the project was getting. Yeah, the AI voice stuff and video is a little weird. I will admit that because it, it, we're in the MC for that. Imagine how good it's going to be in like 10 years. You're not going to be able to tell if you're looking at a video that's completely computer generated or an actual video of someone like talking or saying stuff. I feel like they're getting a lot of issues with identity and stuff then. Yeah, that's that's that is an interesting future we're heading towards there. Yeah, I mean, that's that scary future where people do look at AI, especially our generation. We grew up with the Terminator. People have seen 2001 A Space Odyssey. We have seen in other media the dangers of AI. And now you hear all this talk of AI being used to, you know, used in video games, used to do voiceovers, music and such. And your immediate thought's going to be, there's a lot of media warning of this future and we have to stop it now. But that's also entertainment. It can be used for good, but as those movies would also tell us, don't trust the corporation. They will use it for evil at some point. Yeah, they definitely will. They'll at least attempt it. They're <laughs> gonna they're gonna push right up against the glass if they can until <laughs> until it starts to crack and then they'll back off. They'll, they'll go far enough to where it doesn't shatter. So that's someone's trying it. Someone's gonna open a studio and say, you know what, AI is gonna run this whole thing and we're gonna develop a AAA game. Me and Mm -hmm. Two people, basically, is, is how they're going to yeah. do it. I mean, and uh, there'll be a lot of industry black backlash on that project, but then it's going to fall onto the consumer. And if the consumer sees a high quality product on shelves, they're going to purchase it. And if it proves to be very successful for those two or three individuals who used AI to craft this whole game, you're going to see more studios begin to take that approach because they're going to notice that and say, three guys made a game that just sold 10 million copies. Yep. Why don't we do the same? But until that day comes, I remain very optimistic that it's going to be used for good. And I hope the corporations don't prove me wrong and go the greedy evil route. Now we'll find out soon enough. But the way this is advancing, it's not going to be much longer before AI is completely intertwined with gaming. So I did want to bring this up, Nate. GTA 6. Well, maybe GTA 6. Apparently, we're getting that trailer in, ooh, it might be like three weeks from now. It's close. It's very close. Uh, they just said they just said in December, 
well, we assume it'd be like the first half of December, maybe even the first 10 days. Cause once you get beyond that, people are on big, people go on obviously Christmas break and you won't have all the, the press and the outlets ready to roll with your stories and the news they put out. Cause once that trailer hits, it's going to be chaos online. There's a mayhem GTA six or this next Grand Theft Auto is going to be probably the biggest announcement the biggest game reveal we've ever seen in in gaming like ever i think this is the biggest one in history and Mm -hmm. they decided to come out and tell us ahead of time hey get ready the trailer is coming it's next month that is i think it's going to be something fun i think it's gonna be special well i mean it definitely has to deliver it has a lot to live up to you are the sequel to one of the best-selling games of all time Mm -hmm. so you really have to bring something with this trailer it can't just be this very basic, oh, we're panning over the environment. Look, a sunset or a sunrise. Here's the logo. You got to we'll show you the again in three characters, right? We got to see some of the characters, some uh, some of the NPCs walking around a bit, daily mm-hmm. life kind of thing. Show us how some of the animations are, some of the settings. Yeah, some we need to see that visual clips. upgrade. Some <laughs> yeah. out of context, you know, club scene, people partying, having fun, driving, walking along the beach or wherever. We got to see that, yeah, the whole slice of life type of trailer. And oh, it's going to be massive. The amount of engagement it's going to have on all platforms, YouTube, Twitter, it's going to be. That tweet reply of them saying that a trailer was coming got over 120 million impressions. Yeah, so you got to figure the trailer probably after about a week will probably, what, have 100 million views? I bet you it does. I bet you the trailer on like YouTube with all, well, all the different YouTube accounts, because, you know, they're going to show it. Sony will post it up. Microsoft will post it up on their account. And Rockstar, it, yeah, it'll it'll easily break a hundred million views in the first week. Absolutely will. Uh, well, what would really break the internet is if Nintendo retweeted it. Yeah, that I don't think do the internet. I don't think the internet could handle that. That would be ridiculous. It might melt down. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, I did notice something though, and I think you brought it up too, Nate. They did not specifically say GTA Six. They said the next Grand Theft Auto game. It was mm-hmm. like they didn't want to put six on it. Hmm. Yeah, it's a curious omission. And given the scope of Grand Theft Auto Five, or more specifically GTA Online, I wonder if maybe in the back of their mind, Rockstar and Take Two are thinking, why don't we just make Grand Theft Auto a platform at this point? Mm. What if, what if it's just always online? What if there is no single player? That'd like it's terrible. intertwined. You always have to be connected to the server for it to work kind of thing. And it's intertwined with some cloud computing stuff or something weird. Or like there's some no. little thing we're missing. No. What if no. they just intertwine no. the online with the single player? And basically when you're playing your game, you can randomly see other people in your world. Kind of. I'm that's trying to think of how little, this... <laughs> that's getting a little too MMO for me. So you think this is still just going to be full on single player? Like there's going to be a full single player campaign. You don't have to be online for it. Nothing like that. You think we're still just going to get that full story mode? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Good. Good. That's what, that's what I like to hear. I was, I was worried they might get a little fancy with it and try to do something. Apparently though, there are some updates going on on their website. This was discovered uh, today, actually this week. 
And it appears they are changing things like the social club, which I believe has been around since 2008 or 2009. Seems like they are renaming, moving some stuff around in the background on the website, preparing, I assume, for this trailer, which means we might find out some information on, as you mentioned, a new platform taking its place. And maybe that has more to do with the online than not so much the single player. So let's just say there is single player. Sure. Does that mean that maybe Grand Theft Auto Online is just its own like separate launcher, its own separate platform? Do you think they finally separate that to where it's just like free to play? Here it is. You can get your shark cards and stuff or whatever they want to call it. And they just have that as its own release. So basically they would have then two games set to release. I could see the potential of them doing that, but Grand Theft Auto V has sold so many copies due to GTA Online being attached to it. But that's... It's hard to say. I mean, you know they're evaluating all that in the background. Fortnite had 44.5 million players in one day. That Mm -hmm. that's the battle royale it's free to play you just download and play it like what would keep them from getting gta 6 on cell phones on uh on on the pc tablets everything they can get it on and hit a number like they could they could definitely eclipse fortnite that's the one franchise that i think could do it if they made it all like all the stars aligned with the entry being basically free for gta online and waving all the microtransactions in front of people they would i feel like the money is there and the the drive would be there for people to eclipse that 44 and a half million number that fortnite set yeah, if there's any game out there that has that potential, it would be GTA Online. But I feel as though there's still a lot of obstacles for them to overcome to hit that number. And I mean, we'll see the future of GTA Online ideally with GTA 6, but I've never tried GTA Online, so it is a foreign concept. To it's me. aged at this point, unfortunately. Like I, okay. I did check it out again recently, and it's like, mm, this feels like a game from 2013. <laughs> <laughs> the controls and the single player is like go at your own pace. But once you're in a world with other people and they're like running you over and there's heists and stuff happening, you gotta try to keep up. People have been playing it for about a decade. It's uh, you feel kind of out of your element left behind. And the whole thing is a little clunky to get used to. Mm. So I mean, it might be fun if you play with other people who haven't played in a long time either or at all. And you just jump online and run some heists and build up your like <laughs> HQ and stuff. But I think now it's, they're so far in, you just kind of wait for the next one, wait for it to get a reset, you know, and everyone starts from square mm-hmm. square one. Yeah. I mean, GTA six is definitely a title of interest to me. I never played Grand Theft Auto five. Oh, so yeah. Oh man, that hurts. That's, that's a good game. <laughs> It just never, it never resonated with me. What? Uh, I I look at the trailers, classic scenes that are used in memes to this day on places like Twitter. I can't believe it, man. Oh, that hurts. The last last GTA played was GTA (sighs) four. You missed it. GTA five is uh, the thing that I'm interested with GTA six is that they're still be able to keep it as like as vulgar and as upfront because <laughs> i i know people have changed at rockstar like in terms of uh you know employ- I mean, it's been 10 years there's been turnover obviously and we know that some leadership's changed i don't know i'm curious to see if they're able to still push the satire and the <laughs> and 
the M rating will say as they did in GTA five and six. That's my only question because uh, you you're missing mm. out on some classic stuff. You might have to go play this game, Nate. That's too late for that now. I don't think it is. I think you could still play it. You could still play San Andreas right now when it's fun. You could still play GTA five. Yeah. The San Andreas and Vice City, even Grand Theft Auto three. Those are just all time classics. At this point, I'll just wait for GTA six. People in the comments tell him peer pressure. Nate, he has to play GTA five. <laughs> if I haven't played it yet. It's not going to change now. Mm. I mean, it came out two generations ago. So it's still it, there's the PS5 so and an wait, Xbox Series version. I can I can wait, you know, a year, 18 months for the next iteration of Grand Theft Auto to come out. They don't link together, though. Like, it's just a separate story. Exactly. You can, you can play so, five. You're fine. See? So I'm not missing out on anything. <sighs> I'm going to go into the play. new one and experience a fresh, modern Grand Theft Auto. It blows my mind. You have no idea who Trevor is. I mean, I've seen the trailers. I've seen Blows the online mind. talk about him. <laughs> Isn't he just Sean? He kind of is, actually. <laughs> he is. Uh, you're, you're missing. You're missing out on that. And I'm telling you, some of the characters in GTA Five are hilarious. Uh, well, maybe one. Maybe you'll you'll be on like uh, winter break or something for Christmas, and you'll be like, "That's ah, in Game Pass." Yeah. Okay, maybe maybe I'll check. And hey, anybody who's getting an Xbox this holiday or so, it's in Game Pass. Download the single player, <laughs> play through it. It's it's still it's still good. Like the controls, like they're gonna have to update that. But like the the visuals still hold up. Obviously, I mean the graphics still hold up fine. Uh, the, the the world is still pretty detailed, I would say. And uh, I I think the story is still uh, a lot of fun to go through. Some of the side stuff you can do is absolutely ridiculous as well. But it's it's fun. It's fun. I recommend it. But yeah, I'm, I'm interested in GTA six. It is going to be, I I'm more interested to see how things go with that first impression, because that's gonna be the big thing for this game. But you know, I am curious. Do you think this is a $70 game or do you think they're going to push the envelope yes. with it? $70 game at okay. the highest. If they decide to push the envelope. Yeah. 79 99. Okay. I was just, I was good. Cause Baldur's gate three just got a, uh, a physical edition. It's $80. There, there's no $70. They put some extra stuff in it and they just said it's 80 bucks. Yeah, they did that. Oh, yeah, you're getting a premium edition of the game. Look at all these bonuses so we can justify charging you more for a late retail yep. release. So yep. I think they were, uh, I think they knew it would cost, like they're not going to, I don't think they were expecting to print a ton of copies for Baldur's Gate 3 physically, test the water a little bit. Oh, it's 80 and everyone's buying it. So. They just sold an $80 retail version. I feel like Take-Two could do that and they could be like, oh, no, no, no. It comes with the full map that you got with the 360 version back in the day, but who gets maps and manuals now? So, <laughs> hey, look, that's in there now. There are some stickers. Ooh. And that's it. <laughs> and get a sticker like, oh, of cool. the game logo, a map, and that's $10 extra. Like, yeah, I just wonder if the... I wonder if it's two discs on the PS5 and if it's like three discs on the Xbox GTA 6. And it's definitely a possibility after seeing, yeah, and Baldur's Gate 3 is three discs on the Xbox, so that could be, could be I hope a similar it's four thing discs. here. It's some ridiculous thing. Like, four discs. So. I hope it's like 200 gigabytes. Here's four discs. You got to install it like back in the day with Windows XP where you sit there and take the disc <laughs> out, put a new one in. <laughs> look, at, look at you assuming we're getting the full game on a disc. Oh, they're going to do the launcher thing where you put the disc in and you got to download 200 <laughs> gigabytes. Exactly. Man. It's Grand Theft Auto, the always a live living city so it's just going to continue <sighs> to evolve and get grand 
And yeah, when we see that first trailer, I think it, it can be something special given the rumors that's going to take place in Vice City and some of the outside mm-hmm. areas surrounding Vice City. If you can go with that tone of what we grew up with Vice City, not necessarily 80s, even if it is in the 90s, you mm. give us some of that music, that the culture and how it was it's going to resonate with people immediately. And you're going to have people just look at that game and say, yo, I haven't played Grand Theft Auto since Vice City, but I'm coming yep. back for this one. Who gets the mark? You think someone's going to get the marketing? You think Microsoft will try for it? I mean, both companies are going to try for it. We've seen Microsoft play very nice with Rockstar, especially with Grand Theft Auto and Red Dead being on Game Pass. They also had, I believe it was, was it San Andreas on Game Pass when the GTA 3 mm-hmm. trilogy came out and Vice City was on PlayStation Plus. So both GTA companies 3, GTA 3 GTA 3 GTA was on, 3 was on PlayStation yeah, Plus. Yep, yep, it says here Vice okay. City was the one that was. Okay, GTA 3 a PSN Sandra. Yeah, okay, cool. We got it. Yep. Yeah, I so I mean It's definitely a precedent for both companies to play nice with Rockstar and you know both of them are saying, "What do you need? How much? We want that marketing right. We want to be able to push this game." on our platform as hard as we can in commercials and all the social media. If I had to choose between the two who I think it favors, I mean, Microsoft has the biggest, they have the biggest checkbook. So Microsoft may make that play, but Sony is the market leader. Mm. Maybe it'll be used in their advantage. It's, it's hard to say right now which company will secure those marketing rights. I hope it comes up. There are GTA 6, and then it fades out, and the Nintendo logo fades in. Exclusively. <laughs> Nintendo on. got the marketing. <laughs> Can you that imagine if the... Off. So funny. Picture the reaction if it came up, and GTA 6 looked exactly like GTA 5 visually, and it just said exclusively on Nintendo Switch. Oh, man. People that would was... say, what the... Yeah, the internet would burn down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, someone's going to try for that marketing. And maybe you're right. Maybe Microsoft just does, you know what? We're we're going for it. Here's $500 million or something crazy. (laughs) Put the Xbox logo on it. That would be the thing is that when the game comes out, be it late 2024, first half of 2025, if you're able to bundle that game in with a system, you know your hardware is going to be moving a metric ton and it would be in your interest to secure this deal by any means necessary it's that's going to be a long hard fight for these two companies to secure those rights and rockstar and take two are sitting back saying what can you offer us because we have what you need but do you have what we want it's kind of like a trade in a sport you have to you have to go through the agent and see who brings you the best deal to the table. And Rockstar can just sit there and wait all day long to see what they have to offer them. I'm excited. I'm, I'm ready for GTA 6. It's been so long. I'm ready for GTA 6. I'm ready for the next Mario Kart. It's, it's time. We've been we've had both these games for <laughs> for two for a, for a full decade. Mario I'm ready. Kart. But that's but whenever I see them in the charts, they always line up. It's like there's GTA 5, there's Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. So that's what I'm uh-huh. thinking about. I'm like, okay, GTA 6 is coming. That Mario Kart's coming as well. So, ready. One day. Ready. One day. Get both of those off the sales charts. Let's replace them with GTA 6 and Mario Kart. I don't know. For not what nine or 10 or whatever they want to call it. I don't know. I think it's technically uh, 10. Mario Kart Tour is nine. There you go. Mario Kart 10. Mario Kart Infinity. 
no, Nate, that's terrible. <laughs> we have to, we have to discuss this. What's that? Suicide Squad had another video for. I mean, we trailer. don't. What? <laughs> it's Rocksteady, man. Give Rocksteady some respect here. We can at least talk about their game for five minutes. <laughs> wow, man. I didn't. I didn't see the trailer. So I didn't see the what? trailer. What? You didn't even watch the Rocksteady? Wow. I didn't. I didn't even know this happened. Wow. wow. I did, however, sign up for the NDA closed alpha beta test, whatever they're doing in a week. Right, you can tell us all about it then. No, it's NDA'd. Uh-oh. If you get in. <laughs> for how long? I don't know. Yeah, things leaking out. What are you talking about? Nothing's going to leak all over the place. Give me of a course. break. It's oh, going to leak NDA'd. the minute it goes up. Someone's going to stream the thing while it's going on. <laughs> Let's yep. be real about this. People are going to say, wow, this looks like... Oh, bad. man, I can't believe this is what Rocksteady has been doing for. Oh, it hurts me. It hurts that what? Eight years or something. And has it been that long since Arkham Knight? It was 2015, wasn't it? Wow. <laughs> you just now realize that it's been. That's, I feel like wow. that's, that's 2015, right? Am I wrong? No, yeah. it was 2015, June 2015. It's been more than eight years. In fact, by the time this comes out, it'll have almost been nine years. It'll really be like eight and like eight months or something. That's terrible. Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. Got the new trailer. They have uh, the seventy dollar edition. They have like a deluxe edition. The whole deal coming out in, in February <laughs> and. I'm, st- I'm that still game not comes out in this game. February. It's soon, right? That game comes out in three months. Suicide Squad kill the judge. You're the one who's you're the NDA person here. You I just know. saw uh, the sign up for yeah, yeah the... because they're doing a they're doing a 72 hour like early access if you get the del- digital deluxe and that that is on January 30th. So the official release wow. is February 2nd. All right, then. I wonder how yep. many people are going to be buying that one. Some people will. I'm sure people who want to review the game who don't get the copies would do it. Like, uh, I'll just get the early access. I'll review mm-hmm. it and all that. You know. I well, this, It's unfortunate stuff, what I'm seeing here with this. Because, like, I they showed more <laughs> footage of it. They they hid the UI. They didn't even want to show the UI. And I get, wh- I get why that is. Because last time they showed it, it was numbers and arrows up and down. And uh, it looked disastrous <laughs> with all the stuff that was going on for like the rolling numbers. And I, I, I don't really understand why this is happening with WB. I, they want this live service stuff, but wonder woman is single player. I don't really know why Rocksteady ended up doing a suicide squad live service game, because here's the other part. When this game comes out, they're not moving on. They're, they're going to be doing this game for a while like this. It might be kind of like what happened with. Uh, it might be like have a GTA where Grand Theft Online was just supported by Rockstar forever. This if this isn't successful, it, it'll, it's really going to damage. I feel like Rocksteady and WB. And if it is successful, they're just going to work on this for. I mean, potentially the next four or five years, and then we don't see another game from Rocksteady. If at all, we'll say until like 2030 something. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the footage now, and my number one concern is I'm not convinced this is going to be that much better than Gotham Knights. Uh, well, 
Yeah, I, I can't I can't push back on that either. I, I the only thing that's intriguing to me about this is the story. Like the idea of the Suicide Squad, which are, are obviously should not be a match for anyone in the Justice League, really having to take down here like superheroes like like Superman or having to take down the Flash or I'm curious to see how that works out exactly. That's the only thing that has me looking at it going, well, would I trudge through this to see the story? Maybe. Could this be like a Redfall situation <laughs> where if I got enough people together, I could trudge through the multiplayer because it, you know, it's funny since I don't know, Sean keeps falling off a cliff or something in the game. I it, like I'm trying to think of ways I could get through this. And I'm also trying to think of ways that it could genuinely surprise me and ends up being a really good game. I, I'm not, I'm not saying the only thing I keep saying is it's rock steady. There's gotta be something here. There's, there's gotta be, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. No, nothing here is like, Oh, there, there's the redeeming factor for it. Yeah. I, I'm watching the footage they put out. I'm just not seeing anything that is impressive or new. It feels it, as though it it's like just another the, one. It looks like we've played the game before, doesn't it? I'm looking yes. at like I feel like I've I've seen this somewhere. I've I've done this in a game before. I don't I don't see anything unique. Like when they introduced the Batman series, it was like this is incredible. I've ne- all the way through, even even with Night, I was like, wow, okay, this is it wasn't their best work, but it was still for any other studio, it would be top tier. And I'm like this is this is way different than what I expect Rocksteady to come up with for a Suicide Squad game. That's I think that's the key thing is that it feels as though they could have made a Suicide Squad game that was dark, similar to Arkham City, where you take Hmm. control of one of the characters, let's say Harley Quinn, and you go on these dark quests and you're you're committing crimes. You're trying to instigate Batman or someone from the Justice League to track you down. This game's colorful. It, It looks like Sunset Overdrive but with DC characters. It doesn't feel like the tone is matching the characters and the direction. It's just not what I picture a Suicide Squad game to be. It almost looks cheerful. And maybe that's intentional. So maybe that's part of the humor that you wouldn't expect a Suicide Squad like game to be so colorful and yeah. like whimsical looking. Because if you would have made this dark, like an Arkham City, the tone would hit. I think that would have been potentially a better direction the fact that it's a multiplayer game i'm just getting shades of gotham knights and that's not a good shade yeah i'm, I'm worried this will end up defining rocksteady to the point where wb is like well that didn't work all right you're at, you're done rocksteady that kind of thing that would that would concern me uh because I, I feel like they lost i think someone left rocksteady didn't the people who, like found the studio leave hey. or they are leaving I think so. I'd have to fact check it, but man, I'm looking at the combat now. The combat doesn't even have that Rocksteady flair. Yeah, Rocksteady Studios co-founders. Yeah, Sefton Hill and Jamie Walker. They left at the end of 2022. Basically, as this game was 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 wrapping or, yeah, or getting set said, up, you know, we're done. Finish. Yeah, because remember, this game was supposed to have come out in May of of 2023 so them leaving at the end of 2022 is like okay we the main development stuff is done you guys are just getting it to the finish line we're out so maybe it's worth following them to see where they go from here because it doesn't seem like the same rock steady anymore no like 
as this footage goes on and on, it's reminding me now of Crackdown. Oh, man. You really said Crackdown. Crackdown 2 was good. Crackdown? I like Crackdown 1. Because I mean, again, it was it it felt new and different on the 360 at the time. Crackdown Two was okay. I didn't really I, the art style they started to go with was kind of weird. I don't know, but then yeah, and three, three yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> uh, that's not a great comparison for them. No, I don't. I, I I'm I really hope this game just shocks everyone and comes out and is good. I have zero faith that it will at this point, uh, just from what they've shown. I don't I don't see it. Yeah, nothing that they've shown to this point is exciting. Unfortunate. It's just yes. too iterative. It really looks like I've been here, done that a thousand times before with better characters and a better city. And I mean, not to, not to belittle the Suicide Squad, but how many people out there are true hardcore fans of the Suicide Squad? It's not a strong intellectual property compared to what they probably could have done. Like, I think the Wonder Woman game will be stronger in terms of its awareness and the and the property attached to it than this when that happens. But like, I feel like Rocksteady they go they do Batman right. The next step you feel like would have been something like a Superman, and. It just it didn't how? happen, I guess. I guess it just never happened. They said, let's do Suicide Squad instead because that's still kind of in the Batman universe. Let's go that route. Right. I but, I don't know. I feel like you could have done that. You could have done a Green Lantern game. That could have been interesting. Hmm. I mean, I would have... They could have gone and done Aquaman for all I care compared to Suicide Squad. Like, there are so many things they could have done that... Did you really just... You really just said I would Aquaman. take an Aquaman game over Aquaman. Suicide Squad. Yes. Yeah. I, I'll take that over Suicide Squad. There Aquaman. was an Aquaman game though on the X on the original Xbox. Nobody nobody likes Aquaman. What? Aquaman's All the other better superheroes now. Superheroes make fun of him because he's powerless outside of the No, ocean. no, no. He's better now in the in the, in the new DC universe. He's, he's better oh, now. Jason Momoa. Yeah. <laughs> not, not like the old Aquaman that he said everyone made fun of him. Yeah, they did. Well, Suicide Squad's out in February. I'm not gonna be able to get any of you guys to buy it anyway. So it's gonna be up to me to solo through some of it. I'm not spending $70 on the Suicide Squad in hopes that it's good. Yeah, that's one they probably should have tried to get the Game Pass deal for. <laughs> like, hey, what can you offer us? We'll give you a dollar. We'll take it. <sighs> so, Nate, what's the what's the move then for Thanksgiving and Black Friday and Cyber Monday? What's the move? What, what are we doing Thanksgiving? What's the uh, what's the move for any deals? Anything anything got your eye on? Not right now. There's really no deals that have caught my eye at this point feeling i'm not going to be picking up really anything this year really wow interesting nothing no extra controller storage games that are on sale stupid cheap nothing like that huh no not nothing has really caught my eye i did see the deal that sony is doing where i believe the dual sense is like 30 percent off i've thought yeah. about maybe <laughs> getting another dual sense controller but at the same time i'm saying to myself i really don't need another one so why spend the 40 dollars on a controller i don't necessarily need um i did see final fan 16 is like 27 dollars right now that is a fantastic price yeah i saw that one and i was like i don't need it but for like sean who keeps <laughs> talking uh star wars Jedi survivor is um is 22 dollars right now that's a pretty good price but you see i'm not yeah. a big star wars guy and i uh, didn't play the first one 
Wow. You didn't play Fallen Order? I tried it. I started. I played like the first five hours. It just did not click with me. What? Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. I, did, I didn't like the main character. Cow kit? What's wrong Cow? I just didn't like him. Man. Oh, tough crowd. Jeez. I've tried to go back to the game several times since, and mm-hmm. it just does not click. Wow. I'm not sure why, but huh. I keep giving okay. it a try. It's just not getting there. Okay. Well, that's I I figured you would have uh you would have enjoyed that game. Okay. Okay. Eh. Yeah, th- I will say Black Friday, Cyber Monday, it's kind of lost its luster compared to what I feel like even 5 years ago. It's just I don't know. It used to be I feel like it's just because all these stores start things so early now to where mm-hmm. Black Friday is like meaningless. <laughs> they, they used to have like doorbusters and you got to be here at this point. Now that, <laughs> everything's already been going on for what feels like the start of November. <laughs> yeah. And also a lot of these prices, these games were probably reduced to a month ago already. Yeah. So you have so many sales over the course of the year now you don't have to wait for black friday black friday is good if you're trying to get a game pass deal maybe playstation plus you'll see those get discounted 30 percent off so if you want to renew for a you know significantly cheaper price now is your chance to stack up but otherwise a lot of these deals are kind of just repeats i believe star wars was on sale at gamestop last month for about 25 dollars. so wow i waited a month and saved three bucks yeah it doesn't have that appeal that it did when we were younger where it was get there at midnight this game's going to be two dollars marked down from 60 it's like whoa now it's hey everything's 40 percent off and it starts november 1st and runs through the middle of december like oh there's no rush i might make the rounds to the walmart over here and just see if they have any games i love games out with little stickers on them for price and eh, maybe i'll and find I've, a game or two for that's new and sealed for cheap you gotta pick up uh redfall for 9.99 no got maybe what about, what about halo Halo Infinite's on sale at Best Buy, and you get a steel book for like thirteen bucks. Yeah, but the game's not on the disc. You get a steel book though. Uh, you get a steel book. That's true. That's true. That's like eight dollars. That's a standalone. I've been going to Best Buy on Black Friday in probably three or four years now. <laughs> Maybe that's the move. I don't know. Should I go there? Go to one store on Black Friday. Pick pick one. Best Buy, Walmart, Target, GameStop. I don't want to go to GameStop. Mm. GameStop's a madhouse that day. A lot of Funkos. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying <laughs> that and maybe some store. Like I always get storage on Cyber Monday, SD cards, that sort of thing. Mm. I mean, a good one to give a look. I think they just started their uh, Black Friday sale is Gamefly. Yep. Yep. Gamefly is a good one. They That's that's where fun of a 16 is $27. Yeah. They don't have a lot up right now. I assume it's going to grow as the days or as the week goes on. They only have about two dozen offerings right now which seemed pretty slim for them but they usually have some pretty good deals around black friday especially if you're a member you'll probably get a 10 percent coupon if you've been a member and you can stack that so you can save even more money they have 10 percent off with like it's like a code that's on the front page but yeah people should mm. check that out if the, if they don't want to necessarily go out for black friday deals like i said if you've been waiting on 16 27 it's a pretty good price pick up uh for that one they had some xbox stuff as well but like you said it was kind of kind of slim in general but i really it's just that and then the typical thanksgiving thanksgiving watch football eat food that kind of thing is that about right for you yeah i'm gonna watch 
the high quality football games we have this year of the Cowboys and exciting stuff. <laughs> hey, at least they're not playing the Giants. Is just typical turkey stuffing all that? Yeah, anything turkey weird stuffing. Uh, you, you strike me as you guys have something weird there. I mean, we cook like the turkey neck and gizzards and stuff. Do you eat the? No. You're not trying heart? to fry the turkey. No, <laughs> we don't fry the turkey. Have you? You haven't successfully done that once. I think my brother tried it one year and he didn't burn the house down. So. That's good. That's good. But well, I don't know why everyone is is a fried turkey that good. I feel like I've never had a fried turkey. I don't know. I, I've known a few people who have done it and they say it's amazing. Oh, just give okay. me the traditional, you know, oven baked turkey. Yeah, I'm fine with that. You know, just just cut it up, put some stuffing on it, cranberry yeah. sauce, good to go. Yeah, mashed potatoes, some gravy, fresh. All it is just fresh made just the buns. traditional stuff. Yeah, sweet potato, sweet potato too. Sweet potato. Yeah, you can get some sweet potato. Okay, good. All right, good. Yeah, just the just the traditional stuff. You don't gotta get fancy with it. You don't. Just no, like that's the thing. Go to like social media and people are posting pictures where they got mac and cheese and ham and stuff. I'm like, what are you doing? Who eats that's ham like a, that's at a, that's a Christmas thing. That's a Christmas thing. I don't do ham at Christmas either. What? Why not? We, we do fish. Fish what do you and have pasta. A, what? Fish and macaroni. Do the Feast of the Seven Fishes. It's an Italian thing. What? We don't, we don't eat... Oh, you don't eat meat until Christmas Day. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So when it hits like 12.01, we usually make some. Uh, Wait, when does that start? When does when that start? When is, the, when is the, the not eating meat until when does that start? Christmas Eve. Oh, so you just got it just for 24 hours? Yeah, Christmas Eve, you don't eat meat. And then for mm -hmm. Christmas Day, you can eat meat. So like my family's tradition used to be. When my father was growing up, they would have fish and everything on Christmas Eve. The family would go to midnight mass and his mm -hmm. grandfather would stay at the house. So when they came back from mass, he would make some fresh charis. So they would all come in at like one in the morning and they would have a charis sandwich. And that'd be the first meat you'd have going into Christmas day. What would you eat the day of no meat then? Fish. Big scrod. Squid clams stuff like that no you're not a okay. fish guy are you no <laughs> i tuna fish <laughs> tuna fish is good i hate tuna fish bacala you just named a bunch of weird stuff and tuna fish comes up you're like can't i can't deal with that can't have tuna fish you ever have bacala i don't even know what you just said bacala i think i'm at a star trek it's, a, it's salted cod Oh, well, why don't you just say salted cod? Why you... Because it's called bacala. Why are you all fancy with it? That's what it's called, bacala. Stop saying that. Why? Oh, well, it, it'll, it'll be a good, it'll be a good week. Nice, <laughs> relaxing week. Thanksgiving, football, shopping. It'll be fun. But that's... That's direct Xbox number nine. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Shout out to all the patron members over on Spawncast Network. Of course, you can sign up over there, support the podcast, become part of the network. We'll see you guys over there. Anything else you want to say, Nate, on the way out? Um, buy eggnog from a local dairy and heighten your holiday season. Eggnog's good. I recommend it. Absolutely. That nutmeg, cinnamon stick, you'll be good to go. All right. With that. <laughs> 
We'll see you guys next time.